With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. HN Podcast, Miller and Dace. We might just call this Miller and Dace Podcast because there's something I think each of us, not really having shared the notion with the other, have wanted to do for some time. And it's kind of boiled over a little bit for each of us in, in separate ways. We're going to talk about the burning question of our age, it seems, at this juncture. Is LeBron James the greatest player in history? Or is it still Michael Jordan? Now, if my dad were listening to this podcast and he's going to be 70 years old in July, he and I used to battle back and forth in the early 1990s, and he told me that Wilt Chamberlain was the greatest player of all time, and that I was all washed up with regards to Michael Jordan. And again, this was like in 1991, 92, before Jordan had finished his career. And I do admit up front that there could potentially be some generational bias here, but I really try to remove as much of that as I possibly can and stick to a couple of things. One, what I see with my eyes. Two, statistical evidence. And three, some other things we'll bring into the fore as well. So, Steve, let's, let's dive in. I'm going to let you go first on the basketball front. Because I'm sitting here locked and absolutely loaded and could talk for six minutes straight and, and, <laughs> end, and end this argument. And you might say, well, good job. We're done here. But we need to fill more time than that. So I'm going to let you go first. Well, I think let's set some parameters first because I know we live in this binary world where, you know, like the other day, I'm listening to a college, my favorite college football channel on Sirius XM. Now, I'm, I'm working on my college football preview as we speak, and I'll give our audience a little tease. Um, I don't think Penn State will be as good as they were last year, but I think because of the quarterback they're returning and the schedule they're facing, I think it's quite possible they'll have just as good a record. Okay, So I'm actually not down on Penn State specifically, but, but I listened to the, the host of the show literally make the argument that Penn State was not going to miss Saquon Barkley, the best player in the program since LeVar Arrington 20 years ago. Wouldn't miss him at all, once-in-a-generation player. And they were going to be better on defense by losing six of their top seven tacklers. All right, that is nonsensical. That just absolutely doesn't make any sense. And so I pointed this out on, on, uh, on my Michigan podcast Twitter, where I do most of my sports commentary nowadays, and right away, people took that as, why are you down on Penn State? I'm, I didn't, never said I was down on Penn State. I just think this argument is dumb. That's all. You know, I, I just think the argument's dumb. But we live in a world now where right away, you know, like when I say, you know, this is a kind of a put up, shut up here for Jim Harbaugh. Oh, you want them fired if they don't beat Ohio State? No, I just kind of think if the narrative is that 
you know, he's going to be, you know, Michigan's game changing coach. This is kind of the time to do it. You know, if he doesn't do it, then, you know, he still wins 80% of his games. We're not as good as we thought, but you know what I'm saying? You, you run into this with Hawkeye fans all the time too, right? Yes. Any criticism of Ferentz means fire him. You want him gone or he should have been fired already. This is the world in which we live. We seem unca- incapable of drawing distinctions. All right. And when someone with my personality comes forward to say, guys, I think we need to draw more distinctions. I think that's a pretty good sign. We suck at distinctions. Okay. (laughs) So when I'm the one saying, guys, I think we need some temperance in our arguments. I think we've lost our freaking minds, John. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to say from the outset, I think LeBron is an all time great player. I love his philanthropic efforts. I love watching him play most of the time. Remember, we did this on the podcast. We went back to Cleveland a few years ago. I so rooted for him. I thought it was a great story that as a Detroit Lions fan, I get I, I was rooting for the Washington Capitals. I now root for all woebegone fan bases after what the Lions have done to me for the last 35 years of my life. I wanted him to end the city of Cleveland's title drought. I love all of that. But there's a point now where the arguments are getting dumb. All right. And I think we are at that point. So this is not anti-LeBron James. This is a disagreement with the notion that he's the greatest player of all time, for which I don't even believe there's a credible case to be made. And I can give several reasons why. Let's do it. Let's do it. Number one, the greatest player of all time doesn't get swept out of the NBA Finals multiple times. One of five players in history to ever have multiple times where he's been swept, one of five players in history. And keep in mind, this is a guy who, unlike all the other players you just mentioned, has been permitted because of the rules of today and the power of his brand, he has been permitted to shop for and form his own team. So he shopped for the Miami Heat. Well, Steve, the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't nearly as good as the Warriors. Well, we all agree on that. I mean, if we lined up the 12 players in the Warriors and the 12 players in the Cavs and said, all right, let's pick them like in the, in the schoolyard, LeBron would get picked first. And then depending on what your feelings are between Andre Iguodala and Kevin Love, the next six guys might be the Golden State Warrior players. All right, I agree with that. But you know whose fault that is? Cleveland has, what is it, the first or second highest payroll in the NBA? It's his fault. This is his team. He's the guy that said, you know, Kyrie Irving wants to bitch and moan. Send him off to Boston, you know, for a Coke and a smile and get literally jack squat back. You know what Michael Jordan would have said to Horace Grant if he didn't want to play next to him anymore? Dude, either you, you will play next to me and keep your mouth shut because I'm the reason anybody cares who you are. Or when we trade his ass, I'll get a better player than you. The idea that you just let Kyrie Irving walk out the door is beyond ridiculous. Okay, you have to manage a situation better than that, number one. So whatever roster deficiencies that I give him a lot of I'll give him a lot of deference to his first go around with Cleveland when they totally mismanaged that roster. Ever since then, he's called his own shot now for going on a decade. Okay, he has no one. he, He has literally been able to pick his roster unlike any player in the history of this league, of this sport. So the idea that he doesn't have the supporting cast reminds me of the college coach who says, well, you know, we just don't have the talent we need to win. Well, dude, you're not an NFL general manager or, or, or coach who has to play with the, the GM drafts. You recruited the players. This is the team LeBron James built. The Miami Heat were the team he forged. Whose fault is that then, John? Who's the fulcrum in both of these situations? Sure. Totally agree with you. It's him. Secondly, I can't, I, the greatest player of all time doesn't quit, not once, 
but twice in elimination games. That act he pulled against the Celtics uh, when they had their big three of Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and they had that the, the, the decisive game in the Eastern Conference Finals, his last game with the, with the Cavs, where he just passed the ball the whole game, even, had, even passed off open shots, pouting like, he, like you know, some you know, uh, kid who got picked last in the schoolyard. All right, you want to say, hey, you know, he started playing right out of high school. Maybe the current generation's been coddled a little bit. You know, and they're a little me first. Let him. They maybe get more. You know, they didn't have to face a, a Pearl Harbor or any or a 9/11. So you give them a little bit of a break uh, in the maturity department. You know, you grade them on a sliding scale. Fine. We just did this crap last night again. Okay, where his team is down by 25 heading into the fourth quarter at home of a decisive game. I could just name you who are the next 15 greatest players of all time in the NBA. Off the top of my head, and I will guarantee you. And it, it, with their season on the line in the NBA Finals on national television, they're not down by 25 at home going into the fourth quarter, John, unless there's been an airborne contagion that's been unleashed in the arena and only their players are yeah. DNA susceptible to it. Right. Okay? To, to, be, to be fair to LeBron, we don't really have an analog to how Michael Jordan would have reacted in an uh, elimination game in the NBA Finals uh, because he never even faced a Game 7 in the NBA Finals as he was a perfect six for six in championships. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too because, you know, I saw Clay Travis make the argument when the Cavs lost um, one of their Eastern Conference final games by like 30 points. And he's like, Michael Jordan never lost in the Conference Finals or NBA Finals by that kind of score. And, you know, I kind of know Jordan's ascension fairly anecdotally because it came at the expense of my Pistons growing up, right? And so you had that game seven, in the 1990 NBA Eastern Conference Finals at the Palace, and that was the game where Scottie Pippen claimed he couldn't play because of migraines, and he basically just quit on Jordan, okay? And the Pistons routed them in that game. But I went back, and that was only like a 15, or it felt like a route, but it was like 91 to 78 or something like that. It was nowhere close to the outright dismantling a Boston Celtic team who, by the way, didn't have their top two players. Correct. All right. And Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving weren't even on the freaking active roster. Okay. This is now here's, but here's the issue though, because we, we, I could just continue going on down. There's several other arguments here. I, I don't buy the bigger, faster, stronger argument. We have supplements, physical education, training, fitness emphasis, um, you know, they're, 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 what would have Michael Jordan have done with, with his work ethic, with today's strength and conditioning techniques in 1990, 1991, 1992? All right. So the bigger, stronger, faster maybe he thing, would maybe he would have gotten too big, too strong, because maybe. this is basketball. This is a yeah. game where being live is actually a benefit. The better question to ask is. What would Michael Jordan have done with today's defensive rules that stopped hand checking? I might exactly. suggest that your Pistons might not have won back to back championships because in one of those years, the Jordan rules don't work when you can't mug him and hold him and tackle him the way that the Pistons pretty much did. They had the Jordan rules. For you young kids, Google Jordan rules and you'll see what well, I'm talking about. And even beyond my Pistons, not that I'm not that I'm crying victim because we earned the bad boys motif. But you guys, I, Ch Ch Chuck Chuck Daly helped usher in an era of basketball that I think college basketball is still recovering from. That was one of the most un, 
unesthetically pleasing air brands of basketball. It's not basketball. It's thuggery. And then freaking Pat Riley came and tried to That's take it up another That's where I was going notch. next. When we beat Pat Riley in the NBA Finals with that, after the Magic era ended, he turned when he went to the Knicks, he turned right around and took – the Pistons still had a lot of skilled offensive players. People forget that, okay? They, they, would, they could play thug ball, but they had a lot of – they had multiple guys. Jimmy Johnson, could, Joe Dumars, Isaiah yes. Thomas – Bill Ambeer would have thrived in today's era with this 25 and 20 foot jump shots. He was mm-hmm. kind of a, he was an anomaly in 1988, but now a little nowadays, bit of a stretch for him. But the Knicks didn't have, other than Patrick Ewing, you didn't have close to that kind of firepower. And, and they, and they made themselves a perennial Eastern conference contender taking the Pistons brand. And then they kind of doubled and tripled down on it. And this is what Jordan faced throughout the prime of his career. All right. So you're exactly right about that. If we had today's era of the free flow of the free flowing game, I mean, you could you could in Jordan's era, 90 points would often win an Eastern Conference playoff game or just about pretty right? much. Yeah. He'd have 40 points going easily. into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Easily. Okay? Yep. So this is and, and the LeBron thing. Is it just me or is dude go and look at clips of LeBron early in his career? And I know he was a young man. But we're almost getting into Barry Bonds territory of metamorphosis here, bro, like where the head's bigger and everything else, you know. So this is this is highly generational. We can't get around that, no doubt. We should both admit we have a generational bias going in. There's no way around that. I actually think your dad's comments about Wilt Chamberlain apply here. I think there's a difference between being the greatest force of nature, being like Andre the Giant in pro wrestling was the greatest force of nature in the history of the sport. He's not Ric Flair. He's not Hulk Hogan. He was never a champion, right? He never, never actually, I mean, he, he, he could captivate an audience, but he never, he didn't necessarily revolutionize the game. Well, LeBron James is just playing is magic Johnson with an NFL defensive ends body. That's really the same game you're watching. A big point forward, muscling people, dominating people, uh, average to above average, streaky jump shooter, really difficult in the lane to stop because of his size. And And because of the rules. Yep. And because of the rules. So just take Magic Johnson's game and put him on an NFL starting defensive ends body. Take Magic Johnson's game and kind of put it on, um, uh, you know, think of, you know, whoever you think is the top two or three best rush pass rushers. You know, the guy for the Broncos and give him Magic Johnson's game. And that's really what LeBron James is. But to me, I don't think it's I think Seth Curry's more revolutionized the game than LeBron has. No question. Now, now, now it's by college basketball. You know, when we were growing up, all the six, one, six, two, six, three, six, four guys wanted to dunk like Jordan. Now everybody wants to shoot 25 footers and play horse like Seth Curry. Yep. Right. So I think LeBron James, like Wilt Chamberlain, is is a force of nature, a once-in-a-generation type of athletic Agreed. combination that's not attainable by the average mortal, just like Wilt Chamberlain was. But what did Wilt win? One, two, tr- two championships? Two. two. Yeah. He did Even lead the he he did force lead, of nature his he, entire career. Yeah, he did lead the league in assists one year. Did you know that? I did not know that. No. He, had, he had more assists than anyone in the league in one of his years. But you're right. He was someone at the time that, that was a complete and total departure from everyone else in the league. And if I was to sit here and, and create a Mount I, – I more enjoy the Mount Rushmore of pro basketball more so than LeBron versus Jordan because I have no problem putting LeBron on it. His, right. his total statistical – when his career is said and done – 
he will do things that no one will likely ever do from career milestones and things of that nature. But I, like you, think that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to have ever played the game. And I, I mean, are, are you, do you want to um, yield the gavel at this juncture or, or, or are you? I will. And I will. And I'll, I'll, I would put LeBron on my Mount Rushmore, maybe. But I actually think I could make an argument Kobe Bryant is a greater player than LeBron James. Two different eras of dominance with two totally different teams. He, they built a roster around him with the same franchise, not once, but twice. If Kobe Bryant could have just shopped it, when Shaq didn't want to play with Kobe anymore, and if Kobe could have said, you know, why don't I just go play uh, in San Antonio like Kevin Durant did, okay, right when they were hitting their apex. You know what I'm trying to say? He didn't have those kinds of options. So I think we always need to factor into our handicap here. LeBron has been given unprecedented ability to choose who he wants to play with and to have specific rosters that he's chosen and forged himself. Beyond that, now I will yield the balance of my time to the distinguished senator from Tulsa. I appreciate that very much. Um, I can I can I can hear the objections coming forth from out in the ether regions. Well, guys, you know, LeBron James, you know, ha- hasn't had much around him. And you talked about that a little bit earlier, believing that the culpability would fall into him, at least in this iteration of his Cleveland Cavaliers tenure. But I would suggest that we look at some facts. Michael Jordan is the only player in NBA history to lead a team to the championship with only one other teammate averaging double figures in scoring. That's an amazing stat. Michael Jordan. Wow. I've never heard that. That's in, amazing. In 97, uh, when the Bull, that, that was the Bulls' last championship, Scottie Pippen averaged 19 points per game on 42% shooting. All other teammates averaged under 8 points per game. Kyrie Irvin averaged over 28 per game when LeBron won a championship with Cleveland. Dwayne Wade, uh, Dwayne Wade averaged more than 26 per game when they won titles down in Miami, okay? I would also throw this out. Michael Jordan and the Bulls, Michael beat 20 50-plus win teams in the playoffs. LeBron's LeBron's only defeated 10. Wow. The East, back when Michael Jordan was winning his championships, I will admit it right now, it wasn't better overall depth-wise than the West. The Western Conference basketball, in my opinion, has been better than the East has been by and large, over the last 35 years. That's just my opinion. Um, But the East right now is absolutely pathetic. Steve already mentioned, this year's Boston Celtics were without their two best players who weren't even on the active roster. If those two, Hayward and Kyrie Irving, were active, LeBron's not getting back to the playoffs. Do you think LeBron James, Steve, uh, and any of his Cavaliers teams is getting past Patrick Ewing, uh, Anthony Mason, John Starks, and those Knicks teams? I don't. Not, not especially with the rules they were allowed to play with. No question. No question. Do you think no. they're getting past Shaq, Penny, and uh, Scott on the Magic? I don't. No. No. Do, do, you, do you think they're getting past Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths? Maybe. Maybe they get past them. So LeBron James Cavaliers teams have not been good, and he's benefited from A, being a fantastic player, but in a horrific, horrific division. Now, his Miami Heat teams – those were some good teams. They, they, they could have held their own, uh, at least, in my opinion. So I, I would give you that. Michael Jordan, um, three more. Well, let's talk. Can we talk yeah, about the, the big three? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell me why that big three. Do you really believe that big three is better than Bird? 
Mikhail and Parrish. Not even close, no, Steve. I'm no, trying. I'm, I'm, I'm no tr freaking way. I'm, I'm trying to eliminate at least some generational bias, but is that I agree better with than you. Worthy Magic and Kareem. Not even no close. Way. But that wasn't. But Jordan. Jordan wasn't in the league at the apex of the big three of either of those teams. Yeah, but, that's true. That's but, true. But, yeah. but I, I would agree. I, 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 I don't want to sit here and take everybody's wallet, their hat, their shirt, and down to their underpants. I'm trying to leave them at least with some clothes to leave the building with some All right, you know, let me respectability. Throw, let me throw another one in there then. Right. Elijah Wan, Drexler, um, and this is before Barkley. So who would have been – would Kenny Smith have been the big third, the big three, when you had the, the Clutch City win back-to-back -back titles? They did, but Jordan was, also, Jordan was also uh, playing baseball. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm, I can be of the opinion that Michael Jordan was sitting out for a gambling suspension off the record. But part of me is beginning to not no longer believe that because I just don't think things like that could have stayed quiet for so long. But had Jordan not stepped away for two years, he had eight championships. Not even close. Eight for eight. Um, Jordan has three more rings than LeBron, one more Defensive Player of the Year award. One more season MVP. Some of those things are political. Uh, what's not political, Jordan has nine more scoring titles, three more steals leaders, three more all-defensive selections. At the end of this season, LeBron James is 14. Michael Jordan played for 13. Uh, Jordan had 4,000 more points. Now, LeBron did move past Jordan in playoff points, but it took him more games. Jordan has 800 more career steals. We already talked about beating those uh, teams. Michael Jordan in his six NBA finals was a perfect six for six. Never played in a game seven. Um, Michael Jordan in 13 years, uh, let's see, in the playoffs, he put up at least 40 points per game, five rebounds per game, five assists per game in six different playoffs series, uh, far more than LBJ has ever done. Um, Michael Jordan averaged in 1987 through 92, Jordan averaged five straight seasons of at least 51% field goal shooting. LeBron's never done that once. That's amazing. When you consider his ability to get to the rack almost at will, the, yeah. the physicality. With the thuggery that was going on then? Yes. What Jordan had to face at the rim compared to the free-flowing game LeBron plays, the physicality LeBron takes with him, the, the inertia that he, cra that he attacks the rim with, and that, that stat, that, that, wow, that's another one that's a mind scratch. Jordan was probably, what, 215, 220, maybe? Yep. Maybe. Um, the lowest yep. free throw percentage Jordan ever shot in the season was 78, which is also LeBron's best. Um, wow. Jordan has a higher playoff field goal percentage. Jordan has a higher playoff player efficiency rating. Jordan has a higher playoff three-point percentage than James. LeBron James has scored 30 points in his career through this season, and not counting the playoffs, 416 times in 1,117 games. Michael Jordan has done it 562 times to his 416 in um, 50 fewer games. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely unbelievable. Oh, by the way, you know, LeBron James, he's 6'8", just a big guy, can do more things than Jordan. Michael Jordan was the first and only player in league history to have 100 blocks and 200 steals in the same season, and he turned around and did it in back-to-back -back years. Still wow. the only guy to do that. Jordan has more career blocks, 893, to 8.53 than LeBron James, despite being smaller and playing in 22 fewer career games. It's just unfreaking 
unbelievable. NBA record five playoff series averaging at least 40 points per game. That's Michael Jordan. The only player in league history to lead the league in scoring as well as win the defensive player of the year in the same season. The only rookie in NBA history to lead his team in four statistics. And that was back in 84-85. The only player in NBA history to lead the league in scoring, win the MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season, 87-88. to The only player in history to average at least 30 points, six boards, five assists, and two steals per game. And Jordan is the only player to do that, and he did it seven freaking times. That's incredible. Dude, I have a list that continues to go. I'm going to stop because LBJ is already dead, and I'm wasting valuable ammunition in his corpse. Yes. I, I mean, that's – in fact, as you got to talking a few minutes ago, I'm like, well, this, this is just not even close. So I, I was curious about my contention that I'm not sure I'd even put him number two. All right, so I'm looking at some of Kobe Bryant's headlines. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right for well, that matter. You know, Kareem had and, – and that was one of the points I made on my Twitter account today. I, I don't know that I'd put him number two ahead of Kareem or Kobe. Um, you know, Kareem went to a, went to, won a championship with Milwaukee, won championships uh, in L.A. Um, so he, went, he did it with and without Magic Johnson – you look at his career milestones, pretty much all of those career milestones you just mentioned of Jordan's that LeBron is now going after, those were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career milestones that Jordan largely eclipsed. Let me give you just a couple more. I have to say this because I know you'll appreciate this. Okay. Jordan's the only player in NBA history to lead the league in scoring and win the NBA championship more than once in the same season, and he did it every time he won his championship. Wow. Led the league in scoring. And won the freaking title. One of two players in history to score 3,000 points in a season. Um, Wilt Chamberlain's the only other player to achieve that. So, go ahead. So, here's a couple highlights from Kobe Bryant's bio. Yeah. Five-time NBA champ. Twelve times on the NBA's all-defensive team. Wow. Okay. So, you talk about two-way dominance as a player. 12 times on the NBA's all-defensive team. That says what to you? Dude, I mean, at, at, at the highest of high levels, because we all are aware of Kobe Bryant's offensive efficiency or, and or ability, rather. To get that type of award on the defensive end that many times, that's a guy you want on your team. When you look at – so I think we both agree. The first go-around with him and Shaq, where he's just coming into his prime – and Shaq is a force of nature, frankly. We had not, not really seen a guy with his, his physical ability. Um, he never really developed the kind of offensive game that Hakeem Olajuwon did back to the basket. But, as light, but that kind of light on his feet with the mixture of right. that power, right? We'd never seen anything like right. that, right? So you can kind of say Kobe, Shaq, you know, uh, he kind of rode his coattails a little bit. Okay, probably is a little bit truth to, the, to both of that. The second round of Kobe's titles, though, where Pau Gasol is your second best player. Can you really tell me, based on the body of evidence of his career, Pau Gasol is that much better of a player in his body of work than Kevin Love? I don't think you can. Probably actually. not. Average-wise. Average you, you certainly wouldn't say uh, Dwayne Wade is a worse player career. If we did a ranking of all-time NBA players, who's higher, Dwayne Wade or Pau Gasol? Dwayne Wade. Not even close. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So what I like about, what I like about Kobe's career 
it was almost like he answered a specific objection, right? And he chose to stay while they rebuilt again. There was talk that he would leave or they would trade him. He chose to stay while they built themselves back up. And he did it the next time. Again, they had a very talented team, but it wasn't like the second or third player on that team was ever under consideration to be a top 50 all-time NBA player or on the all-NBA team. Pau Gasol is a very good NBA player. You, he may end up, you know, when you look at the body of his career, he might be uh, in the Hall of Fame one day. And you know what? If Kevin Love continues to average 20 and 10 for another five years, he's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame one day too, John. That's the reality. Yeah, you're right. right. So tell me that they're that much different of a player. I don't think that you can. No. No, you can't. You can't. Not at all. Um, you, you remember Jordan? Uh, I think it was, his, was it his second year in the league. He played like 11 regular season games. He got hurt and missed the majority of that season. Right. Um, and then he came back and played like the last two months um, uh, when he made a return. So really, Jordan only played in 11 complete seasons with the Bulls for his career. And you know what he did in those 11 seasons? He won 10 scoring titles. Um, won nine, uh, he won a defensive player of the year and nine times all defensive team in those 11 years. Nine time all NBA, five league MVPs and six finals MVPs. Jordan's put up in 11 years what LeBron James hasn't in 14 and, and never will. I mean, this is fairly academic, Steve. I am I am looking at Kobe's last NBA champion in 2010, all right? Top three scores other than Kobe on that team. Do you know who they were? Pau Gasol. We knew that. You'd figure that, right? Okay. The next top, the next two scores in that NBA Finals, Ron Artest, Derek Fisher. Oh my gosh! I just looked it up. Yeah, Ron Artest and Derek Fisher, both at the ends of their careers, by the way. Both at the ends of their career. So again, if we agree, Powell Gasol and Kevin Love are virtually the same player. And then the next two scores Kobe wins an NBA championship with um, are Derek Fisher and Ron Artest. Tell me how that's that much different than the Cleveland team. I mean, you go, go online. Who's the for, uh, JR, There is a highlight package of J.R. Smith early in his career. Have you ever watched this? No. It's freaking crazy. It's like street ball. Dude's doing one, 180s in the air, catching alley-oops in midair, doing 180 leaps and dunk. It, it's like a different player. Now you watch him play with LeBron. What does he do? Uh, uh, just stand around and shoot 25-foot jump shots. That's all he does the whole game. I mean, you watch stuff, what this guy was doing early in his career when he first came in um, to the league. Dude was a freaking Skywalker. Now he's kind of known as a nitwitted standstill jump shooter. So I also tell me where the tell me where there's the definable evidence that LeBron makes makes good players around him into great ones. Well, but you know what? You know what we get in in this day and age? Well, LeBron scored 50. He did his part. I'm sorry, you know, it's like a it's like a college football game. If your quarterbacks in most in, in Big Ten country, if your quarterback threw for over 400 yards, there's probably a 50-50 shot you lost. Yep. It's not it's not because LeBron scored 50 isn't necessarily a good thing, and I think we've already deconstructed the whole. Well, he doesn't have anybody around him. That's also his fault too. So see, so I, here's here's yeah. the here's the Lakers 2010 NBA Finals roster. Ready? Okay, here it is. Luke Walton, Sasha Vukovic, Josh Powell, Lamar Odom at the end of his career, and anybody want to get high? Okay. 
Um, Adam, Mo- Adam Morrison. See, that's usually your thing. I try doing it. You got once. a little tally yeah. on me. You like that? Adam Morrison. Uh, Diddler Mbega. Paugus, or, or Diddler, Diddler Ilanga Mbega. That sounds like a movie that you and I should never watch. Right, it, right. Uh, indeed. It sounds like a guy's got a bad stash. Uh, Pau Gasol, Derek Fisher, Jordan Farmar, Andrew Bynum, dude. Kobe Bryant, Shannon Brown, Ron Artest. Kobe Le- Bryant. LeBron's team's way better. Like, in his 12th year in the league, all right, after all the Olympics, right? All the Because, remember... They didn't, they didn't allow pros into the Olympics until Jordan was about 10 years into his NBA career. No, he was on the 84 Olympics, so about eight years in. All right? So all the international competition, everything else, Kobe's 12 years into the league, and this is his supporting cast that he's winning NBA championships. And who'd they beat? The Celtics. That would, have been, that would have been the last time the Celtics, the last run with the, where the Celtics had Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett and Rajon Rondo. That was mm-hmm. their last great run. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who was LeBron playing for at that time? Uh, Miami, right? I would guess. Yeah, I think that was when I think that's that that was one of the times Boston beat Miami. Yeah. Or in two thousand two was two thousand ten be the Cavs? Like I, I I can't remember. Or was that but... the last time with, with the? I thought the last game with the Cavs was the was the year Boston's big three won the NBA title. I thought that was the last. Maybe. Game with the Cavs. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not and sure. then he went to Miami after that. Yeah, because I think the decision was in 08 or 09, right? Um, let's go. I'm going to pull up his stats. He left for Miami in 2010, 2011. So, yes, that, that, you're right. 09, wait, 09, 2010 was his last year in Cleveland. So, okay. Um, so this would have been that this would have. So, okay. All right. What do you mean? LeBron wasn't good enough to get past that Boston team who wasn't good yep. enough to beat the horrific Laker team that won it all. Yeah. Well, let's, let, let's do something here. Let's do a draft. Okay. Right? And again, we, can, well, can I add a couple more things to this yeah, non-basketball sure. related, but are basketball related? Okay. Can you ever envision a scenario where, where after getting, and you're going to stop me and Steve, Steve, I can't envision a scenario where Michael Jordan gets swept in the NBA finals and you're right. Okay. But could you envision a scenario where after getting swept in the NBA finals, Michael Jordan comes out with a cast on, and says, oh, I've been playing with a broken hand the last three games. I just didn't tell anybody while we were shooting all these shots and slapping all my teammates' fight. Can you ever envision something like no, that? No, it would, it would have taken the then equivalent of a TMZ photographer hiding in a bush with a picture of Jordan at his house because he would probably have not let anybody know about it. No, the, the, amount, of, the amount of excuse making, the amount of whining. I mean, I watched my favorite team sodomize Michael Jordan a handful of times a year, okay? I never saw the level of bitch. You know what Jordan did? He got pissed at us. That's what he did. He didn't see him jump up and whine to referees. He got pissed at us for doing that to him. I mean, I I just, I can't, I think some of this too is, I think LeBron, I think LeBron is a tremendously great player. And I think some of it is he's held back by the era in which he plays because of these generational expectations that just being a great basketball player, one isn't enough, you know? So, um, I've got a, you know, everybody's getting woke. Everybody's doing social justice. So let me throw out there. Uh, me too. Yeah. There was racial graffiti at my house in LA. And then the LAPD is like, uh, we didn't find any evidence of any racial graffiti, fake casts, you know, just standing up and walking out of press conferences at the age, ripe old age of 33, like a, a pouty school kid. 
I think there. I think that um, there is a snowflakian aspect of this that has taken a guy who who had because of all the things we can see he can do should have become the player everybody or, or a lot of people are claiming he is, but but whereas the the hyper competitive, ruthless era that Jordan came up in, where you had. Where, where the hick from French Lick talked more trash than the kid from Chicago's South Side ghetto, Isaiah Thomas. All right, it was ruthless. I mean, they, you, they would they they would decapitate you. They take you out. It was. I mean, the New York Knicks were committing freaking misdemeanors. It was like episodes of Oz when you played the Knicks in the playoffs. The era that Jordan played in, what he had to overcome, the the cunning, the ruthlessness it took to be as dominant as he was fed into making him an even greater player than maybe he even could have been on his own. I think the exact opposite's happened here. I think the touchy feely, let's be, let's all get all wokey. Let's, you know, I mean, we're in the middle of the NBA finals and LeBron James is commenting on whether or not the Philadelphia Eagles should be going to the white house. Do you know what would have happened if they would have asked, uh, Hey, what do you think of Bush invading Iraq? You know, what Jordan would have said, uh, dude, man, I, I really should have got that and one last night in game six of the, you know what I'm saying? What do what the hell? And I think it's holding guys like LeBron back because just as the, the era that Jordan came up in was, it took a level of, of cunning and ruthlessness to topple all of the greats we've already laid out. The exact opposite is kind of true now. You know, what's your brand? What's your clothing line? What, what you know, what, how's your Instagram look? What's your Twitter account say? And so I think the things that this generation is putting a higher premium on has taken a guy that, because of all his physical advantages, should have been greater than Jordan. And I think it prevented him from being that great, just as I think the generation that Jordan came up in pushed him to be that great. Does that make sense? For sure. Totally does. Totally does. Uh, my daughter oftentimes tells me she wishes she grew up in the 80s like I did. And I said, you know what? I wish you did, too. <laughs> And that's why Stranger Things, that's why our kids love watching that show. They can't oh, get enough. Oh, she loves it. And she's like, so was this? So does Zoe. She's yes. like, was this how it was? I'm like, pretty much, just with the exception of the uh, the underground, although West Liberty, Iowa, I, I might say, was the underground. Um, all right. <laughs> let's let's do a draft. All right? Let, I'll, yep. let, I'll let you go first. We'll alternate picks. You have the history of NBA basketball with which to choose from. You also have the vantage point and information available to you that you know what these players were going to be at some point in time in their careers. And I'll give them to you um, at their best, all right? So I'll give you a draft. You go first. We'll each draft five players alternatively. Then we'll flip around. Then I'll go first. And we'll see what rosters we come up with. I'm going to get my scratch paper out here so we can go over this at the end. So you go first. Who's your number one pick? Well, I was going to ask you, what rules are we playing by? Today's rules? Today's rules. Okay. I mean, the number yeah, that's, one that's pick a, that's a perfect question. one way or the other. Might change number three and five pick I make, but the number one pick I'm going to make is Michael Jordan. Okay. So, MJ, and with today's rules, I'm going to take Kobe. Um, I'm going to take, with today's rules, I think that limits Kareem, who's more of a true post presence. Well, you think that it does, but go ahead and pass on him. Um. And I kind of always thought Elijah Wan was a better overall, was maybe the best pure center I ever saw in his prime, although his body of work can't go wrong. 
get to a creams. But you know what I'm going to do is if you if we're going to play by today's rules, then I'm going to pick magic. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kareem. Because I'm telling you, at some point, well, I'll wait till my roster's constructed, then tell you why. All right, so we're doing roster construction. I've got my point in, in Magic. Mm-hmm. I've got my swing man my, in, my, in, in, in Michael Jordan, right, because mm-hmm. I'm on my third pick. All right, so now I'm going go, to go into the pivot now, and um, I'm actually going to pick with the team that I have. I'm going to put a higher premium on finishing at the rim because I've got two guys that can really attack the basket in Jordan and in magic. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pick, um, I'm going to pick Wilt Chamberlain. Okay. Cause I want a rim protector there as well. Yep. Yep. That's not bad. So you, you've gone there. Um, I still need to pick up my point guard, uh, and in today's game, I'm actually, I was thinking about Oscar Robertson in his day. I mean, Six five guard back then. He just he just did things that nobody else did. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Russell Westbrook. Wow. Doing things statistically no one's done. Got a chance to watch him play quite a bit. I'm taking Russell. Over Bird. Over I, Elijah Wan. Neither one of those guys is playing point guard for me, and I've got Kobe and Kareem. Okay. All right. This is roster construction. Well, if we're doing roster construction, then I'm going to take the best value here because I get a potential. I've got, it gives me flexibility in my lineup. If there's foul trouble injuries, I've got a guy who you could make a case that at any given moment can play as good as the first two picks I've already made at the exact same positions. So now's when I take LeBron. Yeah. I was going to take LeBron here if you didn't. I'm already kind of thinking that right now uh, the audience would be favoring your team in a best of seven uh, at this point in time. Um, I'm taking um, Kobe, Kareem, Russell. I'm taking uh, Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin, you, are, you are putting a high emphasis on the recency. Well, wow. listen, I, I'm playing by, I'm playing, I'm, I'm, I'm playing by yeah. today's rules, okay? Yeah, that make, got, and that makes sense. I've got a Kareem, 6'10 guy that can shoot all those tw- oh, oh, the rise-up jump shots. Yeah, and, right. who, and who's long and defensively, he's going to cause you problems. And I've got the most unstoppable offensive center in the history of the sport in the pivot who has a shot that you can't stop whenever he wants to shoot it, period, end of story. Space is my floor. That's why my number five pick, right. you're not going to like that either. So uh, this is my last pick, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do you a solid, and I'm going to do one completely off-the-board selection. All right? Better not be mine. And the re- and the, just like you, I thought you kind of did with Russell Westbrook a little bit, and the, even though he did just average a triple-W two years in a row. Two years so in a row, thank, off the board. thank you. Yeah. But the reason I'm going to make this pick is because we're doing it based on team construction, right? And so I need a glue player. I can't have all alphas, right? I can't have that, okay? So I'm down to two guys. One of them is I need the kickout shooter, right? So when you co- when, 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 whether it's LeBron or Magic or Jordan, when they break down your defense or when the ball gets dumped into Wilt, all right, and you collapse around him, I've got two options here. One is the kickout shooter for the ball reversal, somebody that's lethal there. The other option 
uh, is I need the garbage man. I need the provocateur. I need the agitator. Kurt Rambis. Okay. So I've got, I'm down to three names here. All right. Bird for my kickout shooter. Curry for my kickout shooter. Rodman for my provocateur, my agitator, the guy that will do all of the things the other guys, particularly LeBron, don't want to have to do. And one of the greatest rebounders in NBA history and a fantastic defensive player. And a multi. How many NBA championships did he win? Uh, One, two, Two with the Pistons and three with the Bulls? Yeah. All right. And plus, he's your protector. He's the guy. No, you're not going to get to undercut LeBron going to or Jordan going to the hoop because I'm crazier and nuttier than you. Um, so I'm really torn on who to pick here. All right. Um, I'm really torn on who to pick here, but since we are playing by today's rules, I think that does maybe devalue some of the intangibles for Rodman. Right. So I will go with Steph Curry Damn it. and all he's going to have to do is stand out there 180 pounds soaking wet. And just shoot wide open jump shots. Right? I'd already I'd already written him down on my roster. Oh, you thought that's what I was where I was going to go? Okay. No, I, I'd already written him down on my roster. Oh, I took your picks. You took you sorry. took my bull. No, you don't, don't apologize. It's like I tell my daughter I'm teaching her to drive right now, and she keeps apologizing because she doesn't turn around. I'm like, don't apologize to me. Apologize to the cop. Well, you can have Larry Bird. I know. I, I mean, I still have, I'm looking at my team. Kobe, Kareem, Russell, Kevin Durant. I mean, I like this team. I got great spacing. That's why Steph Curry was going to complement my team so perfectly. And I do agree with you. I, I think Steph Curry, on how these teams are constructed, has just as much value and you can, than LeBron does, and you can make a case for maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll go with Bird. I mean, at some point in time, we needed to have a white guy on our team. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll put down Larry Token Bird. Nice. <laughs> anyway. You know what cracks me up is you go back and watch the original broadcast of the uh, NCAA final in 79. With, and, and we'll get a lot of that this year because it'll be the uh, 50th anniversary of it, right? Or the 40th anniversary. And you go back and, and Bryant Gumble with, with Afro and, and uh, the uh, what they used to call those uh, 70s uh, sideburns, chop. What were those called? Um, oh, mutton chops. Mutt chops, yeah. So he's got, he's got mutt chops and a fro, Okay. And he's doing the pregame show for NBC Sports for the 79 NCAA championship. And he opens it up with, it's the black kid from the city versus the white kid from the country. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take stuff they'd never let you say in this day and age. But it, was better. it was better back then. Let's just yeah. call it like we see it. So, you know, when, where I took Russell Westbrook, you know, in hindsight, I probably could have taken LeBron because he can play the point for me. So, you know, I say, you know, for both of us uh, in, in roster construction. We got LeBron James as one of the top six players. Top, top, mm-hmm. top six, top seven. That's mm-hmm. about where we'd have him. Um, I, I just don't know that you can get past the physical presence and absolute, unlike anything the game had seen in its history aspect of Wilt Chamberlain. And I think Wilt, Chambers, Wilt Chamberlain's athleticism absolutely would play in today's NBA, much less the 80s and 90s even. Um, Magic Johnson was... I mean, we, you all, well, I shouldn't say we all remember. Kareem Abdul Jabbar was hurt. I, I can't remember if it was Magic's rookie year or second year when they went to the finals. And it was Kareem, his rookie year. Yeah, he Kareem, had to switch over and yeah, play center. Kareem was yeah. hurt, and he had to switch over and play center. And he had over 40 points playing center in the NBA in the finals. 
The guy can do it freaking all. I think he's a more refined skills version of LeBron James. LeBron uh-huh. is just like you mentioned, being that you know all pro NFL tight end body. You can't, you just can't get in front of him. He's. I mean, when you listen to the announcers, what do they say? Yeah, on this possession, LeBron just needs to put his head down and just go right at the basket. Yeah. That's, I mean, not, that's what they told us not to do in high school. Yeah, that's not, that's, not, that's not talent. That just means I'm bigger than you on the playground, that I'm a bully, so I'm going to score. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's, that's just it. So, all right, we, I don't think we really need to go flip it because I think we're probably going to come up with similar, similar takes. That was fun. Um, those of you that disagree, all right, um, go to HawkeyeNation.com. Uh, there is a Hawkeye. Uh, well, you know what? Don't do that because I turned comments off because too many of you are putzes and I didn't want to hear your, uh, your profanity and things like that. Very few of you, of course. So let us have it on Twitter. That would be uh, better or on the Hawkeye Nation message boards. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.